sometimes the weight of our own mistakes is the one thing that really pulls us down. It's overwhelming. We make mistakes and we think, I can't recover from that. There's, there is no comeback from that. That will destroy my reputation. That will destroy my career. That will destroy my relationships. It's all over. I know that feeling. I know that sensation. There was a season 30 years ago that I made a mistake. I, it was a habit. I was in a habit. And I acted out on that habit. And it led me to a moment of my own personal despair. I Self-loathing. I was sitting on a swing in Tyler, Texas, trying to determine how I was going to bring it all to an end. And an old book I was reading reminded me how a father watches his toddler. And that not only saved my life, it changed my view on a lot of things. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And if you've ever been in that moment where you're looking in the mirror and you're thinking to yourself, man, I really blew it this time. This is, this is probably the worst mistake I've ever made. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. There's going to be a moment in that cycle of your own self-loathing that you, if you're a father, if you're a dad, that you recall watching your little people learn to walk. Son or daughter doesn't matter. There's that season between usually 10 or 12 months if they're uh, late bloomers, some as early as nine months, very few as late as 14 months. But in that season between nine and 14 months where they, for the first time, move from the shuffle across the floor to the standing up and walking. Now, you're really in for the fun over the next couple of years because this is when they can fall downstairs or fall upstairs. They can climb onto things they're not supposed to be on the top of. And they're actually uh, becoming mobile enough that they can get into things that you wish they had no access to. Things that you thought you had baby-proofed the house from, but suddenly you find it in their hands, headed somewhere it's not supposed to be, or in their mouth. And now this new... This new excitement for them to touch and, and fondle and, and play with everything they can get their hands on uh, becomes a dangerous scenario. But it's also in this season, that 9 to 14 months, that they're moving in that progression from scooting across the floor, maybe crawling really quickly across the floor, maybe bear crawling across the floor, to walking upright on two feet. As I watch young toddlers make that progression... One of the things that fascinates me is the amount of grace that it took our maker to say, I'm going to let you learn to walk while you're this far from the floor. Because some of us, it's a little harder to get back up after we've fallen on the floor, after, we, after we've gone down, tripped over something, backed into something, uh, lost a shoe. When we hit the floor, it's a hard fall. There's a lot of me to fall. And when I fall, it's a longer distance than a toddler who's fallen five or six inches. And I realized that our maker kind of had that in mind when he decided we should learn to walk. That becoming mobile is a small fail. It's a small fail. It's an opportunity to learn to get up and walk again. And that's exactly what I learned from this old book. See, this old book by C.S. Lewis was a, I don't even know what kind of story you would call it, an allegory, I guess, uh, called The Screwtape Letters. And in The Screwtape Letters, there was an argument about a guy who was being pulled in multiple directions, intentionally baited 
to cause him to fall, to make him fail at what he was doing. And in this conversation, the trainee and the trainor were arguing about whether or not this failure was going to be the last time he was going to be done. Now, I was sitting on the swing set in Tyler, Texas, in the, in the city park, reading through this book. And as I was reading, I would read a page or two and put it down. I'd read a page or two and put it down. When I would put it down, I would ponder, how am I going to end my own life? Because the list of failures, the mistakes that I had made were so catastrophic. Help I've fallen and can't get up was not even close to how I felt about myself, about my list of failures, the, the lack of accomplishment in my life at that moment. And I really just wanted to figure out how can I get out and make sure that my family gets the insurance and my mom gets the car. That thought process, I, I think something like that goes through the mind of everyone who struggles with overcoming their own their own demise, overcoming their own disastrous choices, overcoming their own failure. And just living in life in this world, overwhelm will catch up with you. Self-loathing, self-hatred, it's nothing new. Of course, mental health is a topic that everyone is talking about. I, I had lunch with a, a young lady yesterday and part of her work is with people who are dealing with suicide and death in the family and and it has been a really hard season since the pandemic. None of that impacted me that day. It was just my own stupidity, my own bad habits, my own <clears throat> submission to things I should not have been submitted to. But as I sat there on that swing that day, trying to plan how I might bring about my own demise, I was reading this old book. And in this argument between the trainee and the trainer, the trainee said, I think I got him this time. I, I think I really got him this time. He has fallen so far. He's made so many mistakes. I don't think he's coming back from this one. I think he's done. And the trainee was kind of doing his victory lap. Yay, I won, I won, I won, I won. And, and the trainer, Uncle Wormwood, actually said, hey, hang on, you, you, you're missing something here. See, the, the, the problem you have isn't just the sensation or the feeling of defeat that your victim is experiencing. The, the problem that you have is that his father doesn't look at him and say, you failed. You're horrible. You're miserable. This will never work. You're done. I'm finished with you. I don't love you anymore because you made so many mistakes. His father doesn't look at him that way. No, his father, like the dad of a toddler, looks at him and says, um, you couldn't have fallen if you hadn't tried to walk in the first place. You couldn't have fallen if you hadn't tried to walk in the first place. See, that's a, a whole different way of looking at life, uh, not just as a toddler learning to walk, but life in general. And it really reframed not only how I look at myself and my own failures, but how I look at others and their failures. There's a reason that toddlers learn to walk when their backside is six inches from the ground and not three feet from the ground. There's a reason that we learn to make mistakes as a child when we're allowed to make mistakes, when we're allowed to experience the consequences when the consequences are small. There's a reason that life allows that for us. And a good dad knows that. A good dad loves, not because of, but in spite of.
not because you did all the good things, the right things, cleaned your room, did your homework, made good grades, picked the right spouse. I don't love you because of those good choices. I love you in spite of all the bad ones. That reframe is enormous because there are a whole lot of people who've gone through life with judgment on themselves, with their own self-loathing, their own sense of overwhelm, their own lack of self-love based on the presumption or the perception or the reality that dad's love for them was conditional based on their performance. Dad didn't love them unless they were the superstar. Dad didn't love them unless they brought home all A's. Dad didn't love them unless they brought home the trophy for everything that they did. And it couldn't just be a participation trophy. It better be first place. I've heard dads tell their kids, second place is just a first place loser. There's no such thing as second place. It's either first place or go home. But that's a really bad attitude. I understand striving for perfection. I understand pushing people to excellence. I get that. But I also want you to know as a dad that love looks like I'm here for you to help you try again. I don't care how many times you fail. Listen to all the good psychology on sales. And what they'll tell you is that for every single yes, you're going to get 10 no's. So when you're getting no after no after no after no after no in sales, when you're getting fail after fail after fail after fail and you're ready to give up, number six really starts to beat on your self-confidence. That sixth failure, that sixth time that you've tried for that all around the Allstate, the, the scholarship, the, the championship, to be the best in the class, to get that first chair in band, to be the starter on the team. When you've tried five or six times and you've still failed and, and you're ready to quit and give up and you're beginning to ask yourself, am I even worth it? Why do I bother? If dad doesn't step in behind you with the same psychology as a good sales manager and say, oh, you've made it to six, that's awesome. You know why that's awesome? Because you're six steps closer to a yes. There's one yes in every 10 no's. So when you get to number nine, the odds are in your favor. When you're at number six, the balance is already tipped in your favor. You are closer to a yes now than you'll ever be to another no. But you've got to get all those no's before the yeses start to come. You've got to get through all those failures before the successes begin to stack up. A good dad knows how to walk a child through that process. A good dad knows how to lead through that failure to say, okay, yeah, you fell down. Yay! Because it's not over. It's a chance to start over. It's a chance to get up again. When you, when you see a toddler fall and they start to cry because they took five steps and then they sat down and they gave up, nobody encourages their child just to sit there. They stick their little fingers out to lift them up again. They, they pick them up off the floor. They give them a hug. They set them right back down there to start over again. They don't pick them up and carry them the rest of their life because the first three steps landed in failure. And yet, again and again and again, we see our kids get to elementary school, middle school, high school, even college, and dad's pounding on them, you've got to be a success, you've got to be the best, you've got to be number one, you've got to be... And we're not giving them the chance to fail. See, when you move from leadership in the home to leadership in industry, leadership in the office place, leadership in society and in culture, you've got to keep that same thing in mind. You've got to lead like a dad who says, okay, 
you fell. Yay! Because that's an opportunity to be one step closer to the success of walking. It's one step closer to the success of winning. It's one step closer to that first place trophy, to that first chair, to that starting on the team. Every time you try hard enough to fail, you're one step closer to success. See, my, my failure led me to believe that it was over. I was done. I was counted out. Nobody cared. Nobody, nobody would know if I was gone. It was that over. But it was that reminder that those who care about me the most are not looking at me going, oh my gosh, you failed again. They're looking at me going, if you hadn't tried, you couldn't have failed. Because the only way to avoid defeat is to never fight. Hey, you can't call yourself undefeated having never entered the battlefield. Whatever the battlefield is. Is it the next exam? Is it the next relationship because the last one failed? Is it that next attempt to be the starter on the team? To get that promotion? To get on the dean's list? To get that A+, plus, to get that bonus? Whatever it is that you've set your sights on. If you don't try, you can't be a failure. Simple statement, right? But if you don't try, you also have no chance of succeeding. Yeah, there's, there's a really good chance that if you try hard, you're still going to fail. And there's a chance that you'll try even harder the next time and you'll still fail. And there's a chance that circumstances in life will feel like everybody is pouring onto you because of your failure. That they give you no chance, they give you no hope, nobody's standing behind you, nobody's supporting you. But I'm going to tell you right now that a dad who loves you is a dad who says... I am not basing my love for you conditionally on whether or not you fail or succeed. I love you without regard for that. I love you in spite of that. But I do believe in you, and I'm encouraging you to go try again. And I don't care if the, the third time you failed, the fifth time you failed, or the seventh time you failed, just like the good series of no's and yeses, it may take 10 before one works right, but that one that works right will be worth it in the end. Stick with it. Stay at it. I got your back. Now, if you're a father, I don't care how old your children are. I don't care if they're 9 to 14 months and what they're learning to do is stand up on their own two feet and toddle through life. Or if they're coming out of college or coming out of high school or coming out of the military and reinteracting with life as the rest of us know it. They need that same kind of encouragement to say, okay, so you fell. I got your back. Let me help you up. Let me point you in a good direction. Do you need any advice? Do you just need the encouragement to try again? I'll give you all of those. What I won't accept is that you quit because you failed. Failure is not the end. It's not final. But then neither is success. Every success should lead to another success. But chances are every success is going to be followed by more failures. Otherwise, you just get stagnant. So what? You failed. Get up, try it again. So what, you succeeded. You know what, get up, try again. Maybe you can succeed even better than you did last time. But whatever you do, don't quit. And as a dad, if you want to be a good leader, don't quit with support and love and encouragement just because of a failure. They got to get up again. And a lot of that is going to be on you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.